Hey, listen, we're going to continue in this journey uh, in this series called Faith, if that's okay with you guys today, because that's what I prepared. But um, this is so important that I believe that we spend time dealing with what I believe is, is, is really, it's, it's central to, to, to our faith, our Christianity. Where do you sit when it comes to this area of faith? The reality is we're all faith people. If you looked up, and Dennis, thanks for Googling, but if you looked up the definition of the word faith in the dictionary, it means to place your confidence or trust in something or someone. So the reality is every one of us that are listening here today, we, we have placed our faith in something or someone, right? We, we, we place it in, 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 in our government or maybe banking systems. We place it maybe in a career. We may place it in, there's laughter on the front row because they understand what I'm throwing out right now. But we place it in our finances. We place it in, in our health. We place it in maybe a spouse or other relationships. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But when those things let you down or when those things don't come through, when those things begin to, to crack or falter, where does that leave you? You see, here's what I believe. In fact, as a Christian, I'm called a believer. Okay, So that means I believe what I'm about to tell you. I believe that God is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. And real faith is me placing my confidence in God. I, I don't know if you remember our currency. I think, in fact, there's kind of been a, a battle about maybe taking this off, but it says in God, we trust, right? And, and, and I don't know when those words started making their way onto our, our, our currency, but, but I, I love it when I'm driving around town and see a sheriff's department car that says in God, we trust, right? You know what I'm saying? Listen, you are, you, you will go far if you will settle this issue of faith. And if you will get to that place where you can face your complete confidence and trust in God, he will never let you down. Come on, somebody. Come on. He will never let you down. Amen. Wow. Never let us down. Uh, last week, we looked at a story about four friends that lowered their, their paralyzed buddy through a roof. You remember that story, right? And, and I made this comment that faith is believing in advance what only makes sense in reverse. See, those guys believed that Jesus could heal their friend. But to people that were present that day, hey, why are these guys destroying the roof? That is unconventional, right? But after the man was healed, after his spiritual healing and his physical healing took place, faith then made sense, right? Faith, faith in it makes sense in advance, what only makes sense in reverse. After we know how the story goes, and some of you are living testimonies to that. Because you've seen God show up and do something in your life. You didn't know how it was going to happen. You didn't think it was possible. But then he did it, and you're like, oh yeah, that's my God. I knew all along. No, you didn't, but you stepped out in faith and you saw God show up. Amen. Where are my faith people in the house? Because you've seen God do something in your life. And if he's done it before, check this out. He will do it again. Jack and Jill, he'll do it again. All right. He can be trusted. You're a faith person. You believe in something or you believe in someone. And so that's why we've been camping out and spending time 
dealing with this topic of faith. If I'm a believer and I say, did Pastor Allen just say, we believe the Bible from the cover, from one cover to the other. Do we really believe that? Listen, we live in a day and a time in which I believe there are people all around us that need to see our faith. Now, just a little spoiler alert for next Sunday. I want you to come next Sunday because I'm going to begin to to unpack some things about putting this faith into practice and into action. But, but, But make no mistake about it. Our culture needs to see what we believe about God. Listen, me placing my faith and trust in God and God alone is is something that I have resolved in my life. And personally, I believe that. But other people need to experience the same God that I've come to know. They, They need to know the hope that I profess. Are you with me today? We need to, our culture's demanding and screaming for that. It is time for us to rise up and put into action what we say we truly believe in. Wow. Wow. Well, if last week's story was not uh, one of those shock and awe type, I cannot believe those guys would do that faith type story for you. I, I, I've got another one for you today that, 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 that I love. I love the Bible. Do you read yours? Do you ever read the word of God? Man, it has so many great things for us in life. And, 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 and if you're walking around confused and wondering about where to go, and what, I'm telling you, your answer is probably found in this book. It's probably found here. So just carve out some time and look it up and see what God might say to you. But, 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 but today I want to share with you another story from one of the gospels in the, in the gospel of Mark. And here's what I want you to understand today, that I believe that the times in which we live in, it is, it, it is so important for us to move from safe to faith. It is time for us to move from safe to faith. We like to play it safe. And, and, and some of us, when it comes to our faith, it is a safe faith. In fact, for some of us, it's, it's just personal or it's privatized or we keep it deep down inside. You're going to hear me say this next week. There is no such thing as a privatized faith. You've been, your faith is supposed to come out and be made public. We're going public with this thing. But listen, it is time for us to move from simply playing it safe with our faith. And guys, it's time for us to step out and be loud about it. Not obnoxious, but guys, I just believe that we have as believers, as followers, we have what a lost, broken, hurt, disillusioned, confused, chaotic, you fill in the world needs. Do you believe that? Three of you. Praise Jesus. That's okay. That's okay. Three people, right? Three Hebrew teenagers changed a king's heart. Nebuchadnezzar, come on, somebody. So if it's three, it's three. Let's go. Gideon started out with 32,000. God willed it down to 300. Those 300 fought a battle, and they won. They should have never been able to win. So that's okay. Let's go. If you have your Bibles, say, I do. If you don't, don't you say I do. I love that in a wedding when I get to the point where I ask the groom, do you take her? I do. You you better say it loud. Don't say, don't stumble. Don't pause. Yeah, if you get to that point, 
you, you better be set, amen? Runaway bride, come on, what would Julia Rob? None of that, no. Where are we going today? Let's look in the Bible. Can we get to God's word? You guys all right? Come on, I didn't take my meds this morning, and so it is, all, it is self-evident, is it not? But my mama says I'm special, but that's okay, here we go. Mark chapter five, I want to read to you a story. Now, let me just set some, the, the beginning of chapter five, Jesus has, has been in an area um, uh, uh, known as the Decapolis, 10 cities set up on, that would be the eastern side, I believe, of the Sea of Galilee, and 10 cities, trading villages that were set up there, but, but Jesus comes into a man that's demon-possessed. And for those of you that have read the story, you know that, 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 that when Jesus shows up, Jesus changes things. Come on, somebody. In fact, if you don't hear another word, just hear that today. When Jesus shows up, Jesus changes things. Amen? Jesus shows up. This demon-possessed guy's there. Jesus casts that demon out into the pigs. Remember that story? They run over the edge of the cliff. Remember that? Um, it's, it's a great story. Um, it, we find that Jesus then gets in a boat and he goes back across the, the, the sea. It's really a large lake. He goes back to a town called Capernaum. And that's kind of Jesus's home base for his three years of earthly ministry he spent there. But while he's there, a religious leader in the synagogue, a man by the name of Jairus, J-A-I-R-U-S, Jairus. Um, has, has come to Jesus and said, listen, I have a daughter that's home in bed. She's dying. Some translations say that she's already dead. And so I've heard and, and believe that you can heal her. Would you come and heal my daughter? Clap your hands if you know that story, what I'm talking about right there. Okay, good. And if you don't know that story, listen, you can watch season three of The Chosen. And there's a great reenactment of this, what I'm telling you right now in God's word. Amen. And also the story that we're going to look at today. So Jesus is in Capernaum and Jesus is getting ready to go to the home of Jairus to heal this daughter or raise her from the dead. Come on. You know that when Jesus shows up, he changes things. Amen. And so this man believes that. And I wonder if we believe that in this house today. Okay, good. Awesome. So look what it says beginning in verse 24 of our scripture reference today. Mark chapter 5, 24 says, Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. So Jesus is on the way to Jairus' house. Large crowd is following. They're hearing about this miracle man, this one who's able to heal people. And they, they, they want a front row seat. They're ready to see. They're, they're crowded around. I mean, paparazzi. I mean, they're there. They want to be near Jesus. Come on, even they believe that if I'm near Jesus, whoo, the potential for my life to change is high. Are you with me there? Verse 25, there was a woman in the crowd that had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. How long had she suffered? Come on, how long? 12 years. And she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the doctors were the source of her suffering, but the reality is this woman had been to doctor after doctor. She's trying to get 
well. Some of you can relate to that because you, 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 you've bounced around and you've been dealing with something for a long time. And so you're probably would take a course of action much like this lady for 12 years. She's dealing with this issue of constant bleeding and she's bouncing around from physician to physician to physician. In fact, she probably had so many recommendations. In fact, I read one commentary that said that they had probably prescribed to her at least 11 cures for her ailment. But the reality is none of them had worked. That's why I'm glad that the story is going to tell us about a man that she met one day. And you need to know that Jesus can change your life. Amen. Look what it says. So, so the doctors uh, over the years, she had, had, uh, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, and so she came up behind him through the crowd, and she, what did she do, church? She touched his robe. Remember, I told you there were a lot of people around Jesus. It's crowded. They're following him. Jesus is on his way to whose home? Jairus's. To do what? Raise his daughter up, right? It's so crowded. This lady cannot push through, but she gets through somehow, and it says in Scripture that she touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be, what church? Healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped after she touched. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Hallelujah. Praise God. Right? We don't know this woman's name. We just know her situation. We know how long it's been. We know how much she has suffered, bounced around from physician to physician. I'm sure no doubt there, there were many friends in her life that had given them their professional opinion because they Googled her issue. And by the way, you know, if you Google some medical stuff, you're going to find some stuff. Woo! Don't do it. Go see a doctor. Let them handle it. The story doesn't end here with this verse. If you'll let me, I want to continue to read. She's touched Jesus and her terrible condition ends. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. And so he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? It wasn't that Jesus was put off and that it caused a wrinkling situation or anything like that. He just wanted to know who touched him because power went out from him. His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, why is she frightened? Well, guys, for 12 years, she has probably lived alone. You see, she was labeled unclean in this culture and no one could be near her. 12 years, no hugs from her family. 12 years, no contact from a friend. 12 years, she couldn't make her niece or nephew's soccer game or whatever they did back in the time, you know. She's lonely. She's unclean. Everything she touches is also labeled unclean. So therefore, no other human being wanted to be near her for fear that they would be labeled and then ostracized. And hey, isn't it, even back then they threw labels on people. I know we would never do that in our culture today. Or we would never even label someone as unclean or, ooh, I don't want to be around that person. Can you, have you heard their... 
See, this isn't just an issue today. This was an issue back in the Bible as well. For 12 years, can you imagine her dilemma of just her clothing? What do you do with clothing that's unclean? And for 12 years, the struggle it was for her to try to cover up her issue. She worked hard, but guys, she's lonely. She has no finances left. Scripture says she has spent everything she has trying to be healed, all to no avail. Oh, but that's why I'm so glad that Jesus shows up, right? Come on, you know that Jesus changes things. And just one touch from Jesus can change your life today. This lady's desperate. She's lonely. She's afraid. She has just depleted. She's that has nothing left. And so she fights through the crowd to reach Jesus. When the frightened woman, scripture says, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came, she came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And Jesus said to her, remember, this is a woman with no name, just known for her issue. But Jesus changed that that day. See, he called her daughter daughter. Somebody in this house or watching us online right now needs to know right now, your issue does not define you. That is not your label. You are not poor. You are not an addict. You are not an adulterer. You are not a cheater. You are not lazy. You are not fat. You are not ugly. You are not too slow or not gifted and talented enough. I'm telling you, Jesus can change your name today. And he gives this lady the name daughter. Why? He says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Wow. Come on, somebody. How many of you believe that Jesus can still do it and Jesus can still change someone's life? This lady's destiny is changed for 12 years. Can you imagine? She's done everything. Some of you can't imagine because you're there. She's done everything that she knows how to do, she know, everything she knows to do to no avail. She's been out of touch with family, friends. She's lost it all. But then she meets Jesus. I love how the Matthew Henry commentary describes this. Let me read this to you. He says, she had thought physicians or she had sought physicians advice and they gave her one thing after another to no avail. Chances are at the same time her resources had dried up, the doctors had no more advice and they considered her incurable. When she heard people speak of the power of Christ, she believed and she began to hope again for an ultimate cure. If she could just get to Jesus. She'd been hiding so long that she felt she just couldn't go up to him and talk to him. She was embarrassed. 
and needed as private a cure as she could get. And so she devises this plan. If she could just touch his clothing for a second. She pushes her way through the crowd, a crowd that would turn on her if they realized that she was that woman, the one with the issue. But she pushed through anyway. You see, folks, she was desperate. And she got to touch his garment. And instantly, when? Instantly, the blood stopped. And she felt perfectly well. But she couldn't remain anonymous anymore, although she wanted to. (laughs) Her feeling of triumph gave way to fear and trembling. What would he do to her? She fell down at his feet and she humbly explained what she had done. And his response wasn't anger, but it was delight in her extreme faith. I'm wondering if we really believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. Her faith led to her healing. Hey, I want to share with you real quickly today, if I can, some observations that I find. And and my seminary professors would be pleased with me today because we're taught to have a three-point sermon. And, And if all your points start with the same letter, then you will do well. So 99% of my preaching, I don't do so well, but today I want to hit it out of the park. Here's what I see in this story. First of all, presence. Listen, I've said this over and over today. The presence of Jesus can change your outcome. Jesus is present that day. Now keep in mind, Jesus was on his way to another house call, was he not? He was on his way to another situation that needed his touch. And can you just imagine Jairus' response? Whoa, whoa, Jesus, why are you stopping here? Bro, I've got my request in first. Don't stop. What do you mean you're looking around who touched you? Jesus, I need you. My daughter's dying. But Jesus stopped and he made time. And his presence was enough. Guys, can I just tell you something? Here's a message for us as the body of Christ. Presence sometimes is just about showing up. Who do you know that needs a touch from Jesus? Well, pastor, that's why we invite them to church because we leave that up to the professionals. I'm just going to tell you something right now. Sometimes you preach by just being present. I remember a situation we had around here several years ago. It was during the Christmas break, and we had a situation of family in our church that need, uh, needed a visit from a pastor. And I, I was 12 hours away, and I'm calling, trying to find, and it was hard. But I found one of our staff members. He said, hey, I'll go to the hospital. He said, I've never done it, though, before. I don't have a clue what to do. I said, bro, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk in that room, and I just want you to be present. Just be present and you just let the spirit of God take over that moment. If there's one thing I would ask you to do, 
is be ready to pray over that family. Guys, listen, your friends that are in need, they just need the presence of Jesus through you. You don't have to have it all memorized. You don't have to have a degree. You don't even, listen, if you will just show up, Jesus wasn't planning on somebody grabbing his robe that day, but he was present and a miracle took place. I'm just telling you that if we will show up more believers, if we'll just show up, wow, your presence is enough. The second thing I see here was I love when Jesus says, who touched me? Because it says power had gone out from him. Power. Now, now listen, it wasn't that this lady depleted all of Jesus's power. It's not like Jesus has just a certain threshold. She sucked it all dry, you know, dead battery. No, he's Jesus and he's got more than enough. Amen. But yet, make no mistake about it, Jesus felt something happen that day in him. Hey, have you ever been in a situation where you knew God used you and you just felt like, ah, yeah, oh, there it is. You weren't even expecting it, but maybe you, you, you responded to a need that was unplanned and you just said, gosh, I just feel something in me prompting me to help here. And you did. And you just felt like, ooh, ooh, right. Or you were speaking a word to somebody and, and, and you didn't really understand or necessarily know everything you said, but you were saying something and you kind of got the goosebumps. The hair started to grow on your legs. I'm told that that's what happens when you get goosebumps. I don't know. Um, but, but you just knew it. That's that power. Jesus wasn't planning on a lady grabbing him that day, but yet he was present and he was ready. His power went out. Hey, church, can I just tell you something right now? We have that same Holy Spirit power in us. Now, listen, we are not Jesus. Look at your neighbor right now. Say, hey, preacher's not calling you Jesus. Tell him right now, right? And on our own, we do not have the power to do anything. But with his power in us, we can do all things. Whoa. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen, Christian, do you understand we have resurrection, healing, answer offering power in us. And it wants out. It wants out. I think God today is saying, hey, church, come on. I want to use you for greater things. In fact, did Jesus not tell his disciples, hey, listen, I'm about to leave you, but I don't want you guys to panic or freak out because I'm leaving behind someone through which you will do even greater things than I've done. Come on, somebody. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Hey, that's why Pastor Angie and I can leave saying, listen, it's not about us because we know the Spirit of God is still going to be in this house and still working through you and working through this staff and working through pastors that are coming. But make no mistake about it. There is power in you, believer. 
Christian. It's the Holy Spirit power. And it wants out. And your world needs it. And more about that next week. I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss next week. It's going to be great. Presence and power. And then lastly, as our worship team comes back up, I want to talk about what I see in here, the push. People are pushing Jesus. They're all around him. It's crowded and Jesus kind of making his way through the crowd. He's as if, you know, a, a demon in a group of pigs over a cliff was not a great enough story. There's another house call to make. He's on his way to Jairus' house and he's just around, but he's making his way through. But I love the determination and the push from a woman with a need. And can I just encourage someone listening here today, whether in the house or online, don't let anything keep you from Jesus. And I'm just going to tell you something right now. People could have kept this woman from Jesus in Mark chapter five. And can I just tell you something today? People can still keep you from Jesus. Did you hear what I said? Let me rewind that. People could have kept this woman from Jesus in Mark chapter five. And people can still keep you from Jesus. Listen, none of us in this room are watching are perfect, right? If you're perfect, then you know it. Clap your hands, right? Thank you, nobody. Joe, did you clap? No, I think she acted like it, so no. But that's, she needed to, to kind of make the point. But anyway, um, Joe's awesome. Give it up for Joe Fredrickson right here. She's amazing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Richard, don't you love her? Don't you love Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Don't let anything keep you from Jesus. She pushed her way through the crowd. Some of you today are going to have to push your way through a person that maybe not has been the best example for you of who Jesus is. But do not associate people necessarily with who Jesus is. Now, the challenge for the rest of us is we need to be like Jesus and not a hindrance or a roadblock or anyone that would keep people from experiencing Jesus. And church, I want to pray that we would fight hard to do whatever we can to get people to him whether it's lowering through a roof or whether it's making the way and fighting through whatever obstacle, because check this out, there is an enemy that will do whatever he can to keep us from getting people to the Father. They will, just, just know that. But what are we willing to do? Someone here today, you've, you need Jesus, but you've made excuse after excuse as to why you can't get to him. Pastor Mark on Wednesday night shared, I think it was a story this last Wednesday night about the paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda, right? 38 years laying there at the pool. If I can just get in the water when it stirs by the angels. But for 38 years, he's not been healed because he can't get in the water. You know what? He made excuse. Somebody else has beat me there. I'm like, come on, bro. You can at least crawl or roll an inch, an inch a day. 365 days a year for 38 years. I can't help but think you're going to get close to that water. Let's go. Somebody roll. Anyway, we make excuses. Some of you are afraid to get to Jesus because you're afraid of what other people are going to say about you. I'm so glad this lady said, hey, I don't give a rip. I'm desperate. 
and I need Jesus. Is that you today? Or hey, my issue is too embarrassing or it's too big. Can I just tell you something? With God, all things are possible. And I'm just telling you, whatever you think your issue is, the embarrassment or whatever it's caused you, I'm telling you, hey, he already knows what it is. Why don't you just admit it and get to Jesus? Give it to him. I'm afraid of what I might have to give up. Are you kidding me? You're going to gain so much if you come to Jesus. He's come to give you life and life that is over the top. What do you mean give up? Wow. What's keeping you from Jesus? I pray today you'd learn from a lady who had lost it all and was completely desperate. And I pray that today is your day that you run to him. Would you stand with me right now? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And seriously, would you do that? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And our ministry team, go ahead and come down front, guys. But I just want to pray over us in this moment today because I believe there's someone here today that needs Jesus. You've tried everything. You've looked for love in all the wrong places. Look, you've tried all the self-help books and conferences. You've Googled till your thumbs are raw. You've sought advice from people. You've exhausted all of your resources. I'm telling you, your search today ends with whatever issue you're facing. If you will just come to Jesus. Hey, the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, if we confess with our mouth our sins and ask for his forgiveness, Jesus comes in and he makes us new. You see, that's what Jesus does when he comes into a person's life. Scripture says the old things pass away and all things become new. A woman with an issue for 12 years left that day with a new name, daughter, but she left change and had a purpose and a future. That can be you today, my friend. If you're here today with no one looking around, and if you would be honest enough in this moment to say, hey, you know what, Jason? Today is the day I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. I need to run to him and I need to surrender my life to him once and for all. If that's you, I just simply want you to raise your hand right now so that I can see you. I see one right there. I see two, three, four. I see five. I see six. I see seven right there. Put your hands down. Listen, I see that. And your father in heaven sees that and he knows that. Here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to pray and I'm going to dismiss everybody. And while people are leaving to go pick up kids or grab a cup of coffee, if you're here today, you say, you know what? I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I want you to come down front and talk to my friends down front today. They're going to help you with that. So that's the challenge. Raising your hand is easy. But taking a step in obedience, well, that's where we really see if we're serious. Jesus is here and he wants to change your life. Just one touch can change you. So Father, that's my prayer today is that for the person that needs a touch from Jesus, Lord, they'd reach out and know that you today are going to touch them and change their lives. The old is gone. The new's come. The issue's gone. There's a purpose and a destiny. There's a new calling. There's a new future, a hope and an outlook. 
They're not gonna be labeled by an issue or what other people call them. No, today is the day they become a daughter or a son of the king. And it all hinges on what they do with Jesus. And Lord, for the rest of us in this room today, I pray that we would understand presence and that our presence preaches. God, I pray that we would never forget the power that is in us, resurrection power available to do things that we aren't capable of, but God. And God, we push through whatever obstacle, barrier, mindset so that we can get people to Jesus. It's in that awesome holy name we pray. Everybody said amen. Thank you.